Hey there, welcome to the Doing Good Business Podcast, hosted by Kelly Stewart, business strategist helping companies to do good in all aspects of their business, and me, Laura Heacock, a leadership coach helping professionals bring kindness into business. Doing Good Business is a podcast for leaders who want to bring their whole selves to work and create companies that make a real difference in the world. Hey there, welcome to Doing Good Business. This is Laura, and I am here, as always, with Kelly Stewart. And today we are joined by Katie Wright. Katie has a company called Wright Cause Consultancy, and I'm going to let Katie tell us a little bit about what she does, and you will hear, I'm sure, why we had to have her on the podcast. Hey, Katie. Hi, thanks for having me. So, yeah, my company is Wright Cause, and what I do is I help businesses find mutual benefit with nonprofits through marketing and it's called cause marketing and what I do is is create these cross-sector partnerships between the two entities so that they can help each other promote fundraise um, raise awareness whatever their business objective is in a way that benefits everyone so not just the company not just the cause but also the community Hmm. That's awesome. Can you actually define cause marketing? You know, for folks that aren't familiar, is that kind of the term that you've coined for what you do? Is that a term in the industry? But tell us a little bit about cause marketing. You know, if you had to write the Wikipedia definition, what would you say? (laughs) Yeah, so it's kind of um, confusing because there's a few different terms that are all kind of housed under the same umbrella. But cause marketing or cause related marketing is cooperative marketing strategy. So it mutually benefits a for-profit and a nonprofit organization or a social cause in some way. Um, And that is typically under the umbrella of CSR or corporate social responsibility. Um, And that's a business approach that uses cause marketing to promote a company's positive environmental or social impact. So, you know, cause marketing is the vehicle of how they're telling the story and using that content uh, and and sharing with their stakeholders internal and externally. Um, But the the CSR or the corporate social responsibility of the business is is usually where that initial effort is housed. Got it. Thank you. And we talked a lot about corporate social responsibility in last week's episode. So funny how that works out, isn't it, Kelly? It is funny. And, you know, I met Katie probably within the last year, I would say, right, Katie? Yeah, yeah, earlier this year. And Katie has, aside from being just fun and fabulous, she has a fabulous um, strategic mindset for all of this. So Katie, how, like, I remember one of the first times we were together, you were giving me an example of something and just the way you laid it out, it was like watching dominoes fall as you went from like, ah, yes, we're going to start here. And then we're going to do these 97 things. And I was like, wow, right. I was just so impressed with how meaningful everything was and the way that you see opportunities. So um, I know Laura's going to want to ask you on the kind of the personal side of cause marketing and how you got into it. But just since you just defined cause marketing, can you give us some examples that, you know, a theoretical, hypothetical, or, or actual ones that you've used that would help our, our listeners understand what that means? Sure. I mean, uh, cause marketing campaigns come in all shapes and sizes. Um, and it's not just for these big brand names that have huge budgets to be promoting with commercials or anything like that. It can be super small um, and it can be for B2C or B2B companies. 
So, you know, one of the flagship ones is, is Tom's shoes. So yep. that's a buy one, give one kind of strategy where that business commits to, uh, you know, carrying out a defined social good and that purchase of their product or service would then in turn um, create a measured impact against that goal. So, you know, you buy one of their shoes and they give one um, or one pair away for those in need. So there, there are examples of this everywhere. Um, and there are specifically examples of good and bad ones. <laughs> so my, Ooh, my goal is, <laughs> well, you know, when Kentucky Fried Chicken is, is promoting uh, large sizes of soda in support of cancer and, you know, they're being getting backlash oh. for, you know, cancer car- causing carcinogens in their mm-hmm. soda. Um, right. And it doesn't necessarily align with what you're, you're touting as a social good. The consumers will pick up on it. And with social media, you will be quick to be uh, put front and center in not the right way. So yeah. my, my goal is to make sure that businesses are able to do good things and not have to worry about that jeopardizing their good name, you know, doing it the right way and, and having it um, perceived with all the right intentions that they had in the first place. I love that. I, yeah. It's so funny that you just mentioned social media. So somebody that I follow yesterday um, had put up a, an Instagram story and it was, I don't even know if it was like a museum or something that they were visiting, but there was an exhibit all about the environment and how switching to a plant-based diet has such environmental benefits and took pictures of all of these signs and then went into the cafeteria. And what do you think was on the menu? Hamburgers, hot dogs, <laughs> all kinds of these products. And yep. like they Instagram storied it and tagged that organization and showed like, why do you say these four things, and then this is what you're serving in your cafeteria. So as soon as you said that, I was like, oh, now I see what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah you definitely have to back it up. If whatever you're talking about being, um, if you know, and that's what is hitting a lot of headlines now are big brands like Nike taking more political action. Um, right. If they're not ready and willing to back up what they're, they're touting and what they're putting as their values of their company, um, you know, that's going to have backlash, but, you know, Nike did great with it. They did, they handled mm-hmm. that campaign fabulously and they were able yeah. to say, no, these are the core beliefs. And, and no matter how you're trying to uh, politicize this, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the real cause and the real uh, democratic version of, you know, just in the sense of democracy of mm-hmm. everybody coming together and having equal rights. So, right. um, yeah, there's definitely the right way to do it. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. So it's got to be more than just a PR stunt from what I'm hearing you say. Like that's kind of to extremely like massively oversimplify. But, you know, basically if you're KFC and you're selling larger sodas to benefit like cancer research, that's not exactly (laughs) more than a PR stunt. But when you're Nike and you really defend the Colin Copernic campaign and all of that kind of stuff, that is actually tied into your values. And it, it goes deeper than just, you know, the eye of the media at that moment. Absolutely. And that's, you know, part of my process when I am consulting with these businesses is saying we first and foremost have to go through discovery because I will I can't give you a campaign without knowing your business's purpose because it needs to be housed with something authentic and that really lives in your company in order for any of the cause marketing, which is that PR and and, and outreach method um, and for any of that to have you know, 
validation in any sort. It needs to live within your company. And we start with identifying that purpose um, with your internal stakeholders and external. So it's, it's employees, it's not just the leadership, um, and it's your clients or consumers gauging where that common ground lies. And, and that's where we can pinpoint where your purpose is. And now Laura and all of our listeners know why I love you. Exactly. <laughs> no, I, because you think about this yeah. in a way you use all the words and a lot of words that we talk about. Mm-hmm. That's kind of, um, we are saying it's, it's the subtext to what we're doing here. In addition to bringing personal and professional development together for people, we also unpack a lot of these words, right? I think mm-hmm. that's part of the problem. I mean, we've joked about it a lot, mm-hmm. but words do matter and we need to unpack them. And you, you know, you touched on authentic, right? And you touched on strategic. Mm-hmm. That's, that's really what makes it all meaningful. That's where you get to impact. And if you're not doing those things, again, all good is good, right? I, I would never mm-hmm. say no, don't just make a, you know, a singular cash donation mm-hmm. to a nonprofit organization, because I know there are so many who need every dollar that comes in, right? Um, but when you are doing this as part of a larger strategy, there's so much more to think of. And that's why I love to hear you always talk about this and about the work that you're doing. So before mm-hmm. I because I know Laura's going to have a lot of questions for you before um, she starts about that. I wanted to know, do you see any areas now you touched on Nike and what they're doing in terms of some of like the, the democratic thing, stepping, putting some toes into the political waters? Um, are you seeing either more of that as a trend or other things that are happening, whether that's equality, obviously the environment is talked about a lot. Are there any other things that are kind of coming up on your professional radar of like, wow, that's interesting. That's really getting a lot of attention, something that either surprised you or didn't surprise you or just things that our listeners should know about. Yeah. So I'm not necessarily seeing a consistent trend towards one impact area or another. I mean, I think the social um, causes are really in the forefront right now. But what was really surprising to me was not necessarily what they were supporting, but why and how they were engaging people to support. So Hmm. what I'm seeing more and more is the need for employee engagement. So it's not even necessarily people doing this for the brand awareness or as marketing their their services, it's more about engaging their their workers who are you know constantly bat- like, you know these employees and employers are constantly battling that turnover, um, hiring and retraining and that huge cost that that accompanies that. Um, so they are becoming employers are becoming more and more um, open to cause marketing and CSR initiatives merely just to engage their people more and reach out to them in a way that they think means something more to them and and will engage them longer term. I I think that's great. We touched on that Mm -hmm. in last week's episode also. And with that comes then different metrics that you need to look at to see how is your program working, not only, you know, quantifying the what did you do for them, how did you help, and whether that's, again, pro bono hours, whether that's uh, volunteer hours donated, but also mm-hmm. what was the outcome of all of that? And and in, when you're looking at employee 
if you're doing it to build culture, then it's the employee metrics, right? You're looking for better productivity. You're looking for, you know, absenteeism to go down. And I'm sure a whole host of other things that you look at as well to kind of gauge, is this working for that? Because certainly we want to support the nonprofit organization, the cause, but if we're using it as a business objective, then um, what do that look like? Yeah. Yeah. What do you measure? Yeah. And I just think about like in Kelly's example, like if you're going to go towards um, retention, then employee engagement is the perfect thing to, to measure. And I think of, you know, to go back to the Nike example, like all of the people who were, who were burning their already bought and paid for Nike gear. And I'm just sitting there <laughs> thinking, people, Nike is lashing all the way to the bank with your dollars. In that example, right. Nike's probably measuring profit, whether you support the brand or right. whether you already supported it. But it's like, right. that is a good point. Like, how does, how do the, the causes that you help people align their marketing with, how do they become measurable? Like, what kinds of things do you see driving um, the company's desires to get into choosing to market and to partner with these kinds of organizations with causes and nonprofits. Right. So, you know, their Boston College, uh, their Center for Corporate Citizenship, they put out studies every year and they they put one out recently that said 74% of employees uh, say their job is more fulfilling when they have opportunities to make a positive impact, whether it's social or environmental. Um, 74%, that's a huge amount. So when the majority of your workforce is looking for the opportunity or some sort of outlet to give back, and they're looking to you um, because this illusion of work-life balance is, is just that. It's an illusion. <laughs> your work, <laughs> you're there a lot of the day. So they, they want you, you um, as the company that has the leverage to do these um, big initiatives and, and be a greater impact than the sole person um, typically can be. It, you know, it's it's on that company to really come to the plate prepared and have something that is going to be the most inclusive as they can possibly be. Um, so that's why I say, you know, it's not necessarily the um, the impact area, whether it's environmental issues or equality, but what is going to um, engage their employees the most? And then measuring that is can be as simple as, you know, looking at your turnover rate. Did it go down year over year? Um, giving employees in surveys just to give feedback. You know, when I worked um, on the Smarter Planet campaign for IBM, when I was I had the opportunity to go over to Australia and, and intern at Ogilvy and Mather on their uh, Asia Pacific team. And this was an incredible campaign, not only for, you know, external purposes of, of marketing the IBM software systems, but internally. I, they had blogs for their employees all over the world to connect and give feedback. And for a company that's typically more business to business and you don't get that satisfaction on the employee level of, of servicing a, an individual, um, typically, it's really fulfilling. It's it's seeing your hard work actually being employed uh, by the consumer and hearing their stories of how it changed their their business long term and for the better and for the community. It, it was really really inspiring for them, um, and people rallied behind it. They they mm-hmm. saw success of that campaign, and it's still going. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I mean, that's been around for ten years, I think, by now. Um, 
so yeah i mean it, it's a great it's example on the consumer yeah the the companies really need to step up and make sure that they're providing what they need to for these employees and i think you also touched on a, a really key aspect of that too because you said year over year right there's a year over year mm -hmm. component to this this is not necessarily a once and done initiative for mm -hmm. business leaders that think, oh, I can check that off the list. Right. right. Corporate social responsibility right. done. done. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, we, right. Had, we had that event earlier this mm -hmm. year and now we're done. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's something right. that is increasingly, especially when you're looking at it through the employee lens, it's something that's increasingly becoming part of the culture. You know, um, right. back in the day, it was, you know, oh, well, we provide free coffee. And believe me, many of us were very happy with that. Right. right. <laughs> you know, because you were getting it. And not every company did that, mm -hmm. you know, or right. free parking. Right. So it's becoming and it's far more than a perk because of the very in some ways and not a word you hear about in business all the time. It's intimate. Mm -hmm. Right. You're you're right. establishing that connection with other people. Mm -hmm. It's a very personal um, exchange mm -hmm. that happens in that. And so it, it can't really be considered a perk. It, it should be part of what the business really values. And, um, right. and, and that, I mean, that totally lends to why I bring it back so much to strategy and strategy can have a kind of negative connotation in this context where it's, if it seems like, Oh, it's so calculated, but no, it's right. calculated for all the right reasons, because if mm -hmm. you did not, bring this back to the business benefiting from it there was there would be no long-term investment for them why would they keep this going if it was only hurting them or just flatlining it would be the first thing to cut when budgets come around so if you can really embed this and get your employees rallied and other stakeholders rallied behind it including leadership it should be something that is instilled in your company and it's just another part of doing your business that would never be cut. You know, you're not going to cut mm -hmm. your accounting department. It, it's something that is totally um, supported by everyone and even leadership ambiguous. You know, it shouldn't just be because the CEO is on the board of such and such and such. And it's, it's mm -hmm. because the employees really have a connection to this because you've taken the time to ask them and really find the common ground of everyone and, and, connect it back to your your business's purpose why are you guys all there right. why would people care if your business didn't exist tomorrow um finding that that common good um it, it's going to make it last longer and because it's you know it's like all marketing it's not going to show you an roi the next day the next you know month it's a long-term investment it's something that you have to maintain and nourish and and really keep up with I, I agree. In last week's episode, Laura was mentioning, um, and she gave an example at her husband's company and what he does. He handles the IT for the, the company. And, you know, he has a choice when they order computers to just take all of that stuff and throw it in the dumpster, all that packaging material. But he actually parsed it all out. And he found someone who would recycle the styrofoam. He even found someone who would take the older computers, right? So this is fabulous yeah. stuff. And we talked about the difference between feeling like it's something you have to do mm -hmm. and then thinking of it as this is a corporate giving strategy because in some way it is right. There are causes to be supported there. He's supporting a nonprofit, right? He's, right? he's supporting the environment by making those decisions. And I think too, I love the way that you set that up, right? Strategy can seem self-serving. It can seem 
boring, you know, it's just kind of sucking the joy out of, you know, something that should just be spontaneous and large and fearless, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) Um, But, and it still should feel as just exhilarating to to do all of that. But I think that it's um, really important to have that business case. But if you put it under, you know, kind of flip it from something that has to be done to something that is good to do, mm-hmm. the benefit mm-hmm. for the business in that case, too, is now you're looking at something you've done every day through a completely different lens. Yeah. You're looking at a stakeholder right. group, especially when you tie it back to your purpose. You're looking at a stakeholder group that you haven't quite looked at in mm-hmm. the same way before. But now when you're thinking mm-hmm. about it in terms of supporting causes, right, creating an impact, you don't even know what that's going to open up for your organization. There's probably a lot of really hidden gems you know, baked into all of that, that you only see when you're looking through that kind of positive lens is what I call it, but the I, positive lens yeah. of giving. Absolutely. And, the and like the strategy has to be long-term, like, yes, there might be some short-term pain. There might be, you know, it takes a while to get, you know, a different kind of marketing strategy and to align with a, a social cause. It takes a while to get that up and running. But if you're committed, you know, Kelly says this and I love it so much, you can plan for anything. Mm-hmm. So if you're committed to what you're planning for, you're not going to just give up because, okay, well, maybe it didn't get off the ground in Q1. You know, you're, you're actually going to look at it as a longer term strategy. Right. Yep. And there's always going to be motivators to, to really link back to. Um, so, you know, it might be a long term strategy, but those motivators aren't going to go away. They might change from, you know, going back to employees, if it's an early stage employee, you know, they're early in their career, their priorities are much different than someone mid-career or late career. So, Mm -hmm. you know, looking Mm -hmm. for, they're looking for, you know, new experience and, and, and trying to build that resume and the next rung to climb. Um, That motivator is recognition, you know, maybe it's financially or, or some opportunity within their growth path. But, you know, a mid-career person, that's a totally different mindset, um, but they still have motivators. You know, they're at mm-hmm. a stage where now they're, they're looking for that career stability, knowing that when they're going into work, they're coming back with money that is going to be caring for their children and aging parents and, and whatever stage they're at at that point. Um, and their motivators might still be recognition, but in a different way, or being able to include their family in whatever they're doing. Um, so, you know, you can, you can make it a long-term goal and, and different, you know, milestones along the way for every age employee and for everyone, every stakeholder that's involved. And I always tell, you know, when I give people these um, strategies and campaigns to go forward with, they, they and the employees and employers say, you know, is it really okay to be talking about it this much and saying, oh, look at us, look at us, we're giving back. And mm-hmm. it's not about that. It's not a, it's not a you know, bragging um, rights or anything like that. It's sharing with your community what you're doing because mm-hmm. you are just trying to encourage and and promote. And you know what? It's that opportunity to create the partnerships beyond just your cause partnership, you know, your uh, client, your biggest client might have no idea that you had anything to do with that campaign unless you had, you know, given that message out and he is on the board and, you know, he's right. mm-hmm. so excited that you're part of that and him wants to help with your referral program. Like 
giving that mm-hmm. message isn't about bragging. It's 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 about including. It's about, it's about you know involving and encouraging. Yep, it's sharing, and you have to do that, and that's how it does. You're right. It opens the door for other opportunities that become even bigger than someone could have conceived of if they were just designing strategy in a vacuum. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 It sounds like Katie. A lot of what you're saying sounds like it's you know it's important for the companies to you know the work you do with them is help them figure out their why. Like why do they want to engage in some cause marketing? Why do they want to put this strategy together? Why do they want to go in this direction? And I'm curious about, you know, on, on your website, Right Cause has a really clear why. And if you wouldn't mind just taking a minute, like, let me say, like, what is the why behind your organization? And then how do you as the leader maintain it and, you know, and really live by it in the work that you do? So my why is it started very personal um, and then grew into my Right Cause mission and, and, and purpose. Um, but my why was, is, was very basic in the beginning for many reasons, but my personal why was I just wanted to do good for good people um, mm-hmm. because I was at a point where I felt I was constantly misaligning myself uh, with people, entities, jobs that didn't al- align with my values and what I believed in, and it was taking a toll on me. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I felt that, you know, with that change and if I wanted to go out on my own and start my own company, I had to be behind something that I could live, eat and breathe and, and really drive home and, and fully um, support. So my business why is to teach, to be a catalyst, to help other businesses do well um, while serving a social purpose. And I do that because there is, too often the scenario where either business systems are too small to do any major impact or don't know how to get started or are in fear of jeopardizing their name um, with the age of communication being that it is. And I want to help businesses realize that financial and societal value through mutual benefit um, partnerships in their community. I'm really big on just you know, using the sources that are in your own backyard and and getting everyone involved for mutual benefits so it's a sustainable long-term initiative um, because it's something that everyone can benefit from. Uh, the business needs a long-term plan to engage their employees, to promote their brand, and these nonprofits are seeing a massive change in landscape for fundraising and they need to be, you know, changing their strategy as well. And it's turning more to the corporate donations rather than, um, you know, individual donors. So finding a solution for that was really important to me. I love that. And I think it's so, it's so evident just from listening, listening to you talk, how you turn your, your personal why into, you know, the business and and how that has grown and, and shaped the professional why that, that right cause has out there in the world and the work that you're doing. I love it. Yeah. Thank you. I love it, Katie. Uh, um, I'm I'm glad that you took the entrepreneurial leap. Thank you. <laughs> I am so uh, right, and I I'm sure you know that that many organizations will benefit from the work that you're doing. So we've got a, a minute or two left here, but just to kind of maybe wrap up on the, the business side of things, and Laura may still have another question for you. Is um, how 
if there's someone out there listening who thinks like, I want to get in touch with right cause, right? Because we've been talking about this and um, it just sounds like something I want to follow up with. They want to champion a cause. What should they expect in terms of who should be involved on their end and the level of commitment they should make, you know, just kind of like high level, like let's, let's help set their expectations for what they're getting into so they can be um, courageous and not fearless. Sure. Yeah. The the biggest thing is, is the leadership team has to be behind this first and foremost, just because, you know, it's not going to stay in play unless they have that approval. Um, And, you know, getting marketing teams and HR teams involved is also important because they are going to be the voice for employees. They're going to be the one that's engaging the internal stakeholders and then melding that with the external needs of the company. Um, and being ready to really dive deep and, and figuring out what your business purpose is beyond a profit. Um, it's a little jarring for some people that have never thought of it that way. Um, right. You know, and so just being mentally prepped for the questions of, you know, what, why are you getting out of bed in the morning? Um, it, it's being ready to answer that honestly and finding a solution and committing to it. Awesome. Love it. Yep. I love it. My little, uh, my little coach hat is on and I'm like, oh yeah, that's exactly what we need to be asking people is why do they get out of bed and then where to do their job? And if the answer is <laughs> only profit, then that's not, you know, a good partner not for your problem. organization. But I think that, you know, the more, the more people that Kelly and I talk to and the more conversations we have and the more things that we read in, you know, the news and the business world, there's, there is such a call in the corporate world for things to change. There's such a call for, you know, Katie, you said it really well earlier, you're spending a lot of your life at work and, you know, turnover is crazy. And if you feel engaged and if you feel that your why aligns with the company's why, you know, there's a study and and I'll try and find it for the show notes, but there is a study that basically says people who know their values are going to be more engaged in an organization who also knows their values. Even if those values actually match, they don't have to right. be identical values, right. but if you know yours and your company knows theirs, obviously if they match, that's you know a whole other level. But if you know your values and the company knows their values, there's such a, a strong level of correlation and engagement there. And this is really the work that you're helping companies do. You're helping them get clear on you know who they are, what are they doing beyond a profit, and how can they make that a part of their organization every day so that their employees feel engaged. You know, going back a few episodes, it helps in values-based hiring. It helps in all of these things. You know, obviously branding and PR, again, to the Nike example, but just, you know, holistically as a corporation and all the way down to the individual folks that work there, it's going to be a positive impact, um, you know, on the company and on the world, because there is, again, there is just such a call for corporations and companies to do business differently. Absolutely. And if there's anything I can suggest to people on an individual basis, it would be um, to really do some self-reflection. I did that when I quit my job and didn't have my next stage entirely lined up yet, which was so nerve-wracking for a type A person like me to do. (laughs) Oh, hey! Um, (laughs) Oh, hey! (laughs) So that was terrifying, but it led me down a path of of just really taking a minute to figure out why I was so, you know, uncomfortable and unsettled with what I had been doing That to the point that it motivated me to quit um, and what I was going to do going forward. And I found... um, it's a, a Japanese concept called ikigai, 
And I was just going to say that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So reason for being. So just finding that intersection of your values, what you like to do and what you're actually good at and what society could actually benefit from um, that, that common ground, that lowest denominator is what is your purpose. And it worked for me and I'm, I'm convinced it will work for everyone if you take the time to do it and be honest with it. So I would just suggest that for anyone that's looking to take that first step in business or personal life of just finding purpose. Yeah. I mean, what a great way to lead this episode. You know, that I, I think that really that kind of summarizes what you do, Katie, is you and your organization, Right Cause, help the companies tap into their own ikigai so that they can do, you know, market differently and put some cause in the world and infuse it into their organizations as well. Just here to make your marketing matter. That's what it's all about. Yay! <laughs> Katie Wright, thank we you so much. Katie Wright from Right Cause. Where can people find you if they want to learn more? And if there's anything that you're excited about that you want to share, drop it in. Sure, yeah. Go ahead and visit my website, rightcauseconsulting.com. There's a whole bunch of resources on there. You can visit my blog, find some articles that I've written. You can read more about why I started this company and that whole personal turmoil that started this whole journey. Um, and, you know, if you're looking to take the next step with your company or even just having a discussion to say where you're at and what you think might be a good idea for a next step, um, there is, you know, more stuff on my website under the um, contact page and go ahead and drop me a note and I'll get back to you. And I'll just add to that too, Katie, um, for anyone who is listening, maybe you won't have access to our show notes because we'll put some of that in our show notes. If they're looking for you on LinkedIn, you are Katie Wright, W-R-I-G-H-T, mm-hmm. of Right Cause <laughs> Consulting, R-I-G-H-T, Cause. <laughs> yep. um, I love it when, when, when things just align for people in that way. So this was all mm-hmm. perfect. And um, I am so excited that you were able to be here with us today. Thank you so much for your time, Katie, and for the valuable contributions that you're making in helping organizations evolve. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it, guys. Thanks, Katie. Take care. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. And we would love to hear from you. Send your comments, your questions, suggested topics to podcast at doinggoodbusiness.com. If you'd like, visit our website of the same name, doinggoodbusiness.com. Remember, you can always rate and review us wherever it is that you listen to your podcast. Feel free to share it. Until next time, we encourage you to take one small step toward doing good business.